Welcome to TVT, a movie podcast where we relive our childhoods through movies. I'm Olivia. And I'm Miranda. And you might be noticing something a little bit different. Um, this is the first time, hopefully it won't sound too different, but this is the first time that we've ever recorded, like, not being in the same room. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we are not staring face to face. No, yeah, it's we are. The first time. How many miles away are you from Los Angeles? 1,800. We are 1,800 miles apart. 1,800 miles. A road trip that mm-hmm. Olivia took this weekend, so. This is definitely, like, we're 1,800 miles apart. This sounds like a really terrible romantic comedy beginning. Like, <laughs> Except they it's, live together. It's definitely and then a platonic they were comedy. miles apart. <laughs> what? I said it's definitely a platonic comedy. Like, the comedy. least romantic yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like least romantic comedy. Yeah. And I, I don't know how romantic this episode will be either. We're talking about National Treasure, which you know from the title. And uh, honestly, I didn't have any time to put notes on this doc. So <laughs> we're just going to be winging it today. Oh, yeah, I'll, for sure. This this movie, my one, like, okay, start with an overall comment. I laughed so much at this movie. And, like, I don't remember it being so funny. But <laughs> There are some zings. Yeah, like, Riley was so funny. I'm like, how did this guy not get more acting gigs? He's hilarious. I mean, he was in, like, The Hangover, but he was, like, the missing guy, so. Yeah, I don't, I didn't understand that either. Like, we can get to it when we talk about his, like, character and his known for us and stuff, but I definitely thought that this guy, especially, like, the one who played Riley, I thought that he was, like, a lot more famous than he is. Like, he's, like. For sure. No. I think he, <laughs> yeah, he definitely, like, he hasn't in when I was looking for, like, I'm like, oh, I bet there are some really interesting facts on him. And it's, like, his bio was, like, three sentences long. It was like, uh, yeah, he hasn't done anything since Hangover. Cool. Bye. Like, National Treasure was his first movie, then Hangover. This is his first that's it. movie? Wow. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yes. really quickly. Or, like, first, like, big movie, I guess you could say. I think he did, like, a short before this. Oh, okay. So the running time of this movie was absolutely too long. <laughs> it might have been the longest movie we've ever watched. <laughs> I think, I think probably. Like, we should definitely have that as a stat. I didn't feel like it was that long, though. Um, so the running time of this movie was two hours and 11 minutes. Although I will say I think about, like, five to ten of that is credits yeah. at the end. I, d- I watched probably an hour 30 of this in the car. And I didn't feel like it felt like it was that long. Like, I don't know if it was just, like, being in a car or what. But I didn't feel like it was that – it ran super for long or anything like that it definitely has very like delineated acts yeah if you know what i mean like there's because there's yeah. so many different locations each location feels like a different movie almost. yeah i mean it's very much like the same structure as like the da vinci code angels and demons like it's like that kind of like movie where it, it almost has to be long you know it's da vinci code for kids yeah exactly exactly with nicholas cage instead of tom hanks <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's also, like, there's so much setup, and they have to, like, get through all the history and, like, the significance, I guess, of this stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's definitely, like, a movie that's made to, like, teach kids the very basics about uh, history, and then also American. the very basics of, like, conspiracies. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, I wonder, like, I would love to know how, like, the Freemason, or, like, the, the Masonic, like, organization the modern one feels about this movie like is that like something i feel like it doesn't exist first of all (laughs) it totally does masonic temples are all over the place you've never seen the masonic temples oh it's totally a thing there's one on on, um wilshire and there's one in los Feliz. oh like it's like so interesting to me like i love a good conspiracy theory but like yeah there's like a gorgeous masonic temple on wilshire like you probably pat i had to look up what it was because it doesn't say anything on there's like statues like carved in marble in this hmm. building it's really cool I'll google but like it. i had no idea what it was what i'll google it yeah it, it's it's on wilshire and i had no idea what it was and i like googled the address and it said it was a masonic temple and then there's one that says masonic temple in um in los Feliz that we drove by uh, or i drove okay. by last weekend I don't know if I'd call this but building yeah, so beautiful. The, it's definitely imposing. And there's definitely sca- statues. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's really interesting because it's, it's, like, in the middle of Wilshire Boulevard. Like, you're just like, whoa, what's this giant building? I mean, it's done really nicely, I guess you could say. And, okay. it like, there's no signage whatsoever. So it's like, okay, this big, creepy, marbly building. Yeah, I would just assume Scientology, but maybe that's just me. Well, because it had, like, 
like weird like statues and stuff. So it was definitely something that kind of like was older where like nothing in Scientology dates back from, you know, like it had like weird older True. statues and shit. I'm like, okay. This, I mean, they don't, yeah, but I feel but like I they try to. Also, I feel like I should definitely stop like bad mouthing Scientology on the internet so much. Oh, it's okay. They're, you know. I, have you seen the billboards for sci, for the Scientology station on DirecTV? I'm just like, no. what? <laughs> like, they're advertising? <laughs> no. Um, okay, let's let's keep going because we've gone through right. the name of the this director- movie and how long it was. Uh, the director of this movie is John Turtletaub. Interesting name. Um, so he his known for is our national treasure and um, the meg in 2018 i think it's out right now that's interesting okay yeah so like he's still working um national treasure book of secrets in 2007 and phenomenon from 1996 never heard of it what a long career yeah i mean yeah solidly like a 22 22 year span here in the known force that's pretty good yeah like he's like making can, like he's consistent with his movie making, which is nice. Like all of his known fours aren't concentrated in one time period. Yeah. Um, and starring in this movie, as I'm sure everyone listening to this knows, the star of this movie is Nicolas Cage playing Benjamin Franklin Gates. What a name. Um, his known fours are Face Off from 1997, Leaving Las Vegas from 1995, The Rock from 1996, and Next from 2007. That is not uh, so big a time span there for Nick, <laughs> Nick Cage. Well, and I've never heard of any of these movies. I've so, of, like, what happened to Con Air? I've God heard damn. of like, Face Off and Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, I've definitely never heard of either of them, but, like, I grew up on Con Air. So, like, that's my, like, like, uh, my reference uh frame of reference yeah. for yeah my frame of reference for nick cage which is like probably not great because it's a weird movie <laughs> yeah it's a little weird uh, um and he was born nicholas kim coppola and he's the nephew of director francis ford coppola and actress talia shire i don't know how to say that shire sheer maybe um and he's also the cousin of directors roman coppola and sofia coppola film producer Giancarlo coppola and actors robert carmine and jason schwartzman yeah so there's definitely a lot of nepotism going on in um i mean he's like kind of like a holly from like a hollywood royalty family so um I was listening. Did you listen to the last podcast on the left when they were talking about how it was like last week's episode where they were talking about how if Nick Cage wasn't from this family, would he actually <laughs> have made it as an actor? And they're like, absolutely. I'm like, you are so full of shit. Like, it's just. Wait, they didn't say absolutely it's not. It's so bad. I mean, like, I think it was a joke that okay. they like they were just like, absolutely. And was I'm like, this, oh, oh my God. Please. This must have been the episode that like wasn't about a. Uh, like wasn't about an actual topic. This was like the extra bonus, right? Um, I don't think so. Actually, I think it was like a weird thing. They like tied it. They were um, they were talking about like Hollywood and like nepotism and all that kind of stuff okay. in Hollywood. I, I think can't I missed that which one because I, I yeah, was, was definitely really listening to the one about the girl who like cooked her husband yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I've been listening to that too, and I'm just like, this is. This is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's definitely a heavier fare than uh, our podcast, TBT Movie Podcast. Oh, yeah. Definitely. One of these is not like the other. Oh, if this so. is not crazy enough for you. It's definitely, like, um, it's, it's yeah. honestly, it might be, like, the opposite of our show. Like, it is, in every way, yeah, like, it's exactly. successful. It's hosted by men. <laughs> like, it's about scary things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that you say it's successful as the first thing that's not like <laughs> I mean truly I think the number of downloads is like the most different part <laughs> oh yeah significantly I yeah they do it for a living and we don't yeah. um kind of I think but um but also I would like to say regarding Nicolas Cage that if you have not seen Andy Samberg's SNL weekend update impersonation of Nick Cage you really must like okay. it is so funny I'll watch that um, I definitely got, went into a it, I I had like a whole rabbit hole of YouTube videos in the car watching these videos of um Andy Samberg doing Nick Cage and then there's the one where it's Nick Cage and Andy Samberg doing Nick Cage next to oh, each God. other oh, geez. it is so funny 
It's it's amazing. And I love Andy Samberg anyway. And it's just Is Nick Cage doing Andy Samberg? No, it's just like they're both like dressed like it's supposed to be like I cloned myself kind of thing. And it oh is so funny. And Nick Cage is so unenthused. And I'm just like, how how much did you pay this man to get here? Because he does not want to be here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, also in this movie is Diane Kruger, um, who plays Abigail Chase. Kind of an unfortunate last name, but I guess Whatever, Wait, and I think Chase it's a or chosen last name, Kruger. Oh, do you just mean like, like Freddy Kruger? Yeah, but like it's also a chosen last name. Like she, that's this is not her real last name; it's a stage name. Huh. So like, really, of all the things you could choose, this is what you you picked. Yeah, interesting. Um, it had to be a little German. Um, yeah, she's actually, she's, her real name is like very. It has like the tildos or whatever. Like it's very very German. It's like. <laughs> Hemperkopf or something like that. It's like very. There's like an umlaut in there, yeah. Um, yeah, umlaut. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I don't think it's a tilde. Yeah, so I think that's over, Spanish. Yeah, yeah, it's over the end. That's just a little squiggly line over the end. Okay, you know what? I got like kind of right. Like, you're I got, like, close. You're right, close. Like, we got we got there. You know what? Like it just takes us together, and then we get there. You know what? The teamwork. Teamwork. What to do? What to do? makes the dream work. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. What are um, Diane Kruger's so, known for? <laughs> um, yeah, so Diane Kruger's known for are for Inglorious Bastards in 2009, National Treasure, Unknown from 2011, and In the Fade from 2017. Never heard of it. Um, she's originally from Lower Saxony, Germany. She trained at the Royal Ballet in London, hoping to one day become a ballerina. Unfortunately, she suffered a career-ending um, knee injury at age 13 <laughs> that required two metal plates to be inserted. I just, um, I just, find career-ending at 13 so funny. I'm sorry. But like, like did, I know this is devastating, old, but it's I feel hilarious. Like, but I also feel like ballerinas, like, careers end at, like, 25 normally. So it's, you know, like, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, like, dance life is. At, yeah. Um I know, but she I'm, also. I'm not skinny enough for that. Like I don't know. Oh no, no, I was never skinny enough for that. I took like one dance class and was like, "This is awful." Yeah. Um, she went on to model for about five years and then moved into acting. Great. I hope it's been successful for her. I mean, like I'm sure she like makes money. You know, like I'm sure she's comfortable. <laughs> I'm sure she has an income. Um. Yeah. Also, this movie is. Yeah, I'm sure she's okay. Oh, yeah, unlike me, fine. <laughs> she has an income. Unlike me, so uh, Olivia now taking job offers. So if anyone has anything, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if anybody has anything, like I mean, really anything at this point. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, like I just could use some income at this exact moment. So maybe like temporary would be fantastic. Sure. Um, you should get on Cameo. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad you That's, that like, maybe the funniest thing you've ever said. Okay, great. Um, so, also, this movie is Justin Bartha playing Riley Poole. We've already talked about him. He's the dude from The Hangover, um, but barely. Barely from The Hangover. Um, yeah. His known fours are The Hangover, <laughs> National Treasure, National Treasure Book of Secrets, and Jiggly from 2003. So I thought about National Treasure Book of Secrets really quickly. I think that's the one where they, like, went to Mount Rushmore. Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. And I definitely remember, no, like, that scene of, like, them at Mount Rushmore and, like, finding the thing behind the thing. Um, I definitely remember that, like, more than anything that happened in these movies. <laughs> this movie that we just watched. But, like, I don't remember anything else from that movie. Nope, like, I that's have no it. idea what the plot line for that movie is. That's all I have. <laughs> oh, I will say from this yeah, movie, I, I definitely remember, it. like, when he puts the torch in the thing and then the entire room lights up and it just, like, keeps going. Oh yeah, totally. I remember that. That's, an, that's iconic. That. That's iconic. Oh yeah, for sure. That's like the best like visually thing that they did this entire movie. What like I wonder how many took that like how many takes that ended up taking because like could you imagine just yeah, like how okay put, that put them all out. out. I was thinking about that. I was like, is that a fire hazard? You yeah, guys are trapped. Well, like if they I guess because everything is supposed to be like all metal and stuff, but she's like the scrolls from the Library of Alexandria. I'm like, bitch, you're gonna burn those scrolls <laughs> to the ground if you guys are lighting up this whole room. Yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah, I like I mean, like some of the stuff, like 
like gold isn't going to melt, but I mean, a little sketchy. Um, probably wouldn't have done that if I was him. But, you know, they're risky. They're risk takers. Yeah, it's also, you um, know, it's for the cinema. Movie. It's for the theater of it all. Like, he probably wouldn't oh, yeah. have actually totally. done that, but it's Nick Cage acting in a movie, so he's going to do that. Oh, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Um, we'll get there. Let's also, talk about Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> um, also in this movie is Sean Bean, who plays Ian Howe. Um, he is in Hold Lord on. of the Rings. The uh, Really quickly, yeah. how irritating is it that Sean Bean's name doesn't rhyme? That his name is not Sean Bond I mean, or Seen Bean, it is Sean yeah. Bean. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that just kind of stuck. Like, what a shit name. Like, I've come never on, thought guys. of that until yeah, right now, I didn't just even... like looking at his name, because it's S-E-A-N-B-E-A-N, but it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. English, you know? Well, the English Crazy. language is just so great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, he's known for us the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring from 2001, Game of Thrones from 2011 to 2013, yes. Black Death from 2010, and Jupiter Ascending from 2015. I think he might be the first person that we've talked about that was in Game of Thrones, which is cool. I think so, yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a, a short stint on Game of Thrones, but he was there. Yeah, I assume he got killed pretty quickly, but... I don't want to talk about it. Um... <laughs> Also in this movie, oh, so Sean Bean plays, like, the main, like, villain person. Like, he's the antagonist, like, friend, like, other treasure hunter guy in this movie. Because I feel like you're not, like, when we say he's Ian Howe, like, no one knows who Ian Howe is. Like, he's the the bad guy, which he was very much not in Game of Thrones. Um, So so it's fun seeing him as well now. Um, And then also this movie is John Voight playing Patrick Gates, who's Ben's dad, right, I think? Mm. Yes. And his known fours are Anaconda from 1997, Midnight Cowboy from 1969, Transformers from 2007, and Deliverance from 1972. And he's been nominated for four Oscars and won one Oscar uh, in 19, wow, I almost said 1799, in 1979 for Best Actor in a Leading Role for the movie Coming Home, which is not one of his known fours, weirdly. Yeah, very interesting. I don't think there was a couple. I don't think any of his um, any of his Oscar nominations were for maybe Deliverance, but I don't think any of his Oscar nominations were part of his known fours. I'm like, really? That's fine. I think IMDb does like the known fours based on like what pages people are looking at the most, and I feel like a lot of those Oscar yeah. wins like you get a year, maybe two, and then people just forget. So yeah, yeah, depending on how like artsy you know like artistic they are like some of them yeah the more artistic they are the less people remember them realistically i mean that's very true but i don't i don't think that's what you were trying to say but that's that's how i feel in my heart so i'm i'm gonna go there no that's 100 percent what i was trying you know like more like independent but like it's funny because like they get it's hilarious. it cracks me up sometimes how like the oscar movies like you know they are big budget movies and it's like an independent independent vibe they spend a bunch of money to try to get an independent vibe it's like wait what like how does this work yeah um they have these like crazy big budgets and it's like but we want it to feel like an independent movie it's like so you want it to feel cheap or i don't i just don't totally (laughs) get that authentic olivia the word is authentic and real um so what was what was speaking of budgets what was the budget for this movie because it's um, ridiculous one hundred million dollars for the budget, which kind of I get it because of the um, the scenery. Like I think a lot of the budget probably went into like set Locations design and stuff like and, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. building this like whatever sets they film these on and whatever the, the hell like, they did for these. Yeah. And stuff. yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it probably got expensive having to shoot you know like I imagine I don't know why I just assume everything takes like a hundred takes but like could you imagine like the guy like every time they film this guy falling through the stairs like okay now we have to remake the stairs so bring in the fa- others you know it's just like oh god that would be so obnoxious yeah I don't know how that works I don't really know how <laughs> yeah I don't know how it works but like that's just what I assume yeah um, and then this movie made $35 million in a wide release opening weekend in the U.S., and it made $173 million gross in the U.S. and $347 million cumulative world gross. 
So, I mean, it was fine. <laughs> it did well. Yeah, I think it, it made some money. Yeah, still less than I think uh, Ben got out of finding the treasure. Right? Oh, yeah. I think it was $10 billion is what the treasure was valued. So that's they got like, they crazy. each got $50 million. Yeah, I think that's one of my things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, at um, least Riley so, did. Maybe, maybe they, the, the couple, Ben and whatever the other one's name was, Ben and Abigail, maybe they got Abigail, um, yeah. more. Maybe. That would be kind of shitty, though, because like Riley was there. Yeah, he's just instantly, <laughs> so like, Kirby, Ben yeah. just instantly turns into like, j paul getty like instantly what do you what do you mean With the like amount he's... of like art and history that he owns oh yeah no completely yeah absolutely but then like he's like it just kind of cracks me up how he basically gets to determine everything like at the end because riley's like oh one percent they offered us ten percent and we took one one percent it's like well why why does he get to decide everybody else was there you know it's like it's a finder's fee, but like they all helped. He wouldn't have found it without them. So, like, that's kind of shitty. Like, I'd be like, eh, eh, whoa, 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 you don't get to make decisions for the group here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and Riley so, seemed mad about it. I don't know if he was just joking, but he did seem mad about it. I mean, I would be pissed because, like, I get it. Like, $50 million is a lot of money. But, like, so is, you know, $500 million. So... <laughs> You know, I would take $50 million, though. Like, I gotta say. I'd no, take for sure. It. But, like, if it's like, oh, yeah, we're negotiating, and you go from, like, $500 million to fifty, it's like, oh, I feel like I lost. <laughs> like, that's that Yeah, because if, if you go for the 500 like, also, you get to decide, like, which charities and stuff that goes to. Like, if you don't, then, like, someone else has to deal with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just don't like that, because it's, like, also, this... I get that they don't want to take away the money but it's like the government so it's i don't know it's like oh yeah i would hate for america to not have 500 million you know like i would hate for congress to not have 500 million dollars like no i want that money like that's well, i'm not super <laughs> happy with congress right now i don't want to talk about it but uh <laughs> not very happy with that yeah no exactly it's like oh okay so it's either they get 500 million dollars or i get it i think i'll take it please thank you you know yeah. like i don't give a shit about them yeah, another thing it. that's, like, kind of an ethical issue here is that, like, these obviously are, like, artifacts from other nations. Like, a lot of it is Egyptian yeah, and things like that. And it's like, oh, these white guys get to, like, Egyptian. take it. Also, I just need to say about, like, the uh, representation in this film. I believe the only people of color in this movie were, like, service people and, like, cashiers and stuff, which is messed up. Like, how yeah, far we have a, come like, since 2004. Like Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, this is kind of – I feel like the whole, like, Freemason idea is a very white man idea. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I think the lead Never definitely had to be a white guy. But like, degrees to which a white man will go to protect his investments. Any man, but – Exactly. Look, we're – okay, we're crazy. Um, Specifically, yeah. Okay. Um, so, it's trivia. the first um, piece of trivia. <laughs> Let's move on. The movie suggests that something is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. It is true that something is written on the back. The writing is reads, original Declaration of Independence dated 4th July, uh, 1776. 1976. And it appears on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's 17, yeah, 1776. And it appears on the bottom of the document upside down. While no one knows for certain who wrote it, it is known that early in its life, the large parchment document, it measures 29 and three-fourths inches by 24 and a half inches, was rolled up for storage. So it is likely that the notation was simply added as a label. I think this is so funny. Like, I love the idea that the Declaration of Independence, like, needed a label at one point. They didn't just know, like, oh, this is the important one. Like, this is our Declaration of Independence. Like, they have it yeah, just like, in, how many, in, like, like a cabinet, and they're like, oh, uh, shoot, got that confused with the Magna Carta again. I know we wouldn't have the Magna yeah, Carta. Yeah, like, how still. many giant rolled up pieces of paper do they need, you know? like To be fair, this is probably what every piece of paper looked like back then, but... I feel like it's important. Like, That's I don't true. know if you need to just write on the back what it is. Yeah, don't they, like, keep it, so, you know, like, I feel like you, somebody should have been keeping it, like, separated. I don't know, but Yeah, whatever. this isn't, like, a Polaroid you, you to the you, Disney World. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, I also think that uh, this is funny that, um, like, the measurement of that is in here and all of that stuff. I don't know. I just think, like, the actual Declaration of Independence is very interesting. Um, and another thing is they actually did say that there was something written on the back. Like, they did say original Declaration of Independence dated 4th July, 1776. I think it was when they were first in that meeting in Abigail's office. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she said they were talking about, like, they were trying to, like, elude. They didn't want to say that there was a treasure map on the back, but yeah. And she's like, yeah, there is something on the back. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know there's that. But, like, also there's an invisible map. Okay, so also Ben Patrick and John were all named after founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, Patrick Henry, and John Adams. And Abigail Chase is a combination of Abigail Adams, wife of John Adams, and Samuel Chase, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and later an associate justice of the United States Supreme Court. Which is and so much. I didn't even Patrick notice that. And John Gates. That's like yeah. the son, dad, and the grandpa. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. This is like Stanley Young yeah, um, all over again. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like it kind of makes sense. because At least like with the Gates people, for sure. It's like, okay, well, that makes sense because they're like very into American history. But like... Yeah, also like, where's their cousin Bill? I mean, we know where he is, but... Wait, Bill... Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's busy. He's busy at this time. In 2004, he's like really getting getting things going with Microsoft, so... Yeah. Um. So, Ben Gates, or Nicholas Cage, wears a Rolex Submariner dive or Submariner date diver's watch, which has a price tag of $8,500, um, and he uses it as collateral in the clothing store to inspect a $100 bill with which he just paid. And he tries to, like, explain it to the chick, too, and she's like, I don't, I don't really care. But, like, that, like... If you have to explain your watch, is it that cool, you know? I don't know. It's not. But also, I think this is, like, a, a a lower price tag than most Rolexes. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. That doesn't seem like that much yeah. for a Rolex. Um, I think that's kind of sta- – that's, like, about standard for, like, a regular – it's just, like, a regular Rolex. I think okay. they start getting super pricey when you add like, diamonds and stuff to them. But like a regular Rolex, just a Rolex watch, yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be like seven to ten. But like okay. once you start putting like different kind of gemstones and stuff in them, it's when they get crazy expensive. Um. So when Riley at the end of the movie says he got a measly one half percent of the money, um, the earlier estimate back in the church was like ten billion dollars. Like if that's still accurate he would have made $50 million, which we've talked about already, but that's just crazy. Yeah, like, again, it's great. Like, that's, like, a great amount of money, but, like, compared to $500 million, it's like, okay. I mean, it's not like you're, like, stealing money from charity. Like, they're like, oh, you know, if you if you don't take a cut, you know, these people aren't going to, you know, it's like, no, the, the government is literally buying these artifacts from you. So it's like, you're just giving them a better price. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about the government. Like, yeah, it's I, like I want the government them to pay and, like, top museums. dollar. And like, I do give a shit about museums. No, totally. But like, I don't know. I, it's most, like, a lot of those museums are subsidized by the government on top, you know, or whatever their governments are. So sure. it's like, it's just like, okay, like, if, why do I have to pay top dollar for everything in my life? But the government doesn't. No breaks for anybody. No, truly. Okay. Moving right along into our plot and plugs. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to know anything else about the show, go to tbtamp.com. You will find a link to our Redbubble store where you can buy all kinds of stuff to support our show financially. Remember, charity starts at home. Now we have two homes. Um, And (laughs) while you're listening to this podcast, uh, scroll to the bottom of your Apple podcast app and select five stars. Um, (laughs) Easy as that. And if you truly love us, you can go the extra mile and leave us a review. Um, Positive would be great, but you know, as long as you give us five stars, that's the most important thing. Be sure also to talk about our podcast. I'll check to see if we got any new 
ratings. Okay, yeah. Talk about anybody you know, friends, parents, colleagues, a uh, person in the bathroom stall next to you, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere. Spread the word of TBT AMP like you would Jesus Christ or like artifacts all around the world. Um, Ooh. <laughs> that totally doesn't make sense. But <laughs> no, it does. He said he was um, like giving them to like London and Paris. Oh, he like, was like spreading oh, them all around. Okay, I thought you meant... Okay, I thought you meant, like, spread them, like, hide them. I'm like, wait, what? Um, also, no, they didn't you spread would, them. They really you... collected them all in one very safe area. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you have anything you want to share or comment with us about the show, you can email us at tbtamp at gmail.com. Once again, that's tbtamp at gmail.com. Sorry, I can't speak or read, apparently. That's you fine. can slide right into our DMs on Instagram at tbtamp. Or you can follow our personal Instagram or Twitter accounts at Mac is cheesy. That's M A C K is cheesy for me. And mine is at Miranda Johnson. M I R A N D A J O H N Z O N. Did we get any new uh, ratings? We did not. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's fine. I want to say thank you to Zach Faulkner for spreading the word of TBT as he would. I'm sure Jesus Christ, maybe, probably not. Um, but <laughs> you do um, you, you do you. you. We don't for, judge. Yeah, do you do you? Um, but considering the group that this was spread in, you probably don't. Um, but thank you so much for spreading the word of TBT. We very much appreciate it, and we love you, and we're so happy that somebody actually listens to this so no it's it's honestly so nice when you like hear from a real person you know what i mean like it's just like oh cool oh yeah not just yelling into the void exactly although i listened to our heavyweights podcast and i laughed so hard so i'm glad somebody else besides me is enjoying this i think my favorite thing that happened during that that one was um when you said like, oh, Luke Wilson, he's from, and you kept saying Legally Blonde, and I said who? Like that was my favorite oh. thing. <laughs> we like at the so same time, like, like oh, Legally Blonde. You're like who? I'm like, what the fuck is who? Like, <laughs> it was just like the key difference like, between the two of us, and it was really, it was really good. It was, it was a beautiful moment. Poor Luke Wilson. <laughs> what a great. <laughs> What a great known force he has. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, should I start or do you want to? Two? Yeah. Okay. So we start with a flashback because, of course, we start with a flashback in a movie like this. Um, so in 1974 Every in Washington, we watch everyone. It's just it's a it's a good. Uh, tool that they can use. Anyway, in 1974 in Washington, D.C., a young Benjamin Franklin Gates is snooping in his grandparents' attic and his grandpa catches him, but when Ben wants to know their family's secret, his grandpa tells him a story of Thomas Gates being told of a great ancient treasure by Charles Carroll. Is that a real person? I don't know. In 1832. Great. The treasure had been lost for a period of time, but was found under the Temple of Solomon by the Knights of the First Crusade. What what am I reading? Like, what is this? (laughs) Who felt it was too large for any one man to control. So clearly, they controlled the whole thing. Um, So these knights took on the name the Knights Templar, later the Freemasons, and they smuggled the treasure into the United States, vowing to protect it from getting into the wrong hands. The Freemasons developed a series of clues and maps, many of which were lost to time, but one was given to Thomas Gates by Carol just before his death, and it had been passed down through the Gates family ever since, and it reads, the secret lies with the Charlotte. With Charlotte, not the Charlotte, with Charlotte. That's a key point. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think it would have been a lot easier to figure out if it was the Charlotte, but yeah, no, they wanted to, you know, fuck with everybody, so. Yeah. Like, they um, wanted to make it possible, in, but in, they didn't want to make it, like, easy. Yeah, no, that would be, you know, then everybody would be fine and stuff, so, of course not. No, of course um, not. In present day, Ben has grow, grown up to be an American historian, cryptologist, and treasure hunter. He is a, um, he's leading... What's the degree that you go to to be a cryptologist? Yeah, I don't know exactly. Or, like, what kind of certification is there for that? But, like, 
yeah, like some kind of, it's like a code breaker um, kind of person. So like, it's not like a bad skill to have, but it's just kind of like, okay, I feel like this is like a self-titled thing, you know? Yeah. Also self-titled. Um, it's more of a hobby. Like, no one's actually employed to be a treasure hunter. No. No. Um, I feel like only rich people are allowed to be treasure hunters, too. Like, there's no, like, poor people treasure hunting. If Nicolas Cage wasn't an actor, he definitely is rich enough to just be a treasure hunter. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And I'm sure that's what he would do. Yeah, the Coppola's would have been fine with it. Winemaker, treasure hunter, it's all the same. Rich exactly. Oh, completely. Um, so, so he is leading an expedition with his computer expert friend, Riley Poole, and the expedition is funded by Ian Howe to find the Charlotte, a lost ship in the Arctic. They find the ship in the first clue to finding the treasure, a pipe that indicates the next clue is on the Declaration of Independence. Casual. Probably, yeah, like... That would be disappointing. <laughs> I'd be like, shit. Like, this, this sucks. Thanks, Ben Franklin, whoever the fuck made this clue. Like, really? really <laughs> you thought this was going to make it easy? Um, so, Ian insinuates to Ben and Riley that he has a shady past with shady connections and suggests that they steal the declaration. When Ben immediately shuts down the idea, Ian decides that he no longer needs Ben and Riley and attempts to kill them by blowing up the ship. Ben leads Riley out through a smuggler's hole and they both escape in the nick of time. It's crazy that like what you just read is an actual movie. Yeah, also like it's weird that like the whole time through this movie I'm like how does he know like the structure of ships? You know, like why would he like there was just a bunch of different moments where I'm like Okay, is he, he? I get that he's supposed to be like really smart, but like, what does being like a historian, crypto, cryptologist slash treasure hunter like? Why would you need to know that there's smugglers' holes on ships? You know, like, is he also Olivia, a pirate? I think I found a career path for you. What? A American historian, cryptologist, and treasure hunter. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but I don't really like American <laughs> history. Um, so okay. I would prefer more of like ancient Egyptian historian, but like, you know, Egyptologist yeah. maybe. Okay. I could do it, but wouldn't want to live in Egypt. <laughs> That's fine. Apparently you could just live like in a random uh, bunker in Philadelphia. Clearly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why, would, all the why would those history things be? Yeah. Why, why would those things be in Egypt? You know, counterproductive thinking here. Yeah. When Ben and Riley arrive back in Washington, D.C., they attempt to inform the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and Dr. Abigail Chase with the National Archives, but none of them take them seriously. I wonder why. (laughs) I I truly wonder why. Um, And Ben decides the best route to protect the Declaration of Independence is to steal it before Ian does. I just I, I, I do love that Abigail when they're telling her this story she's like can I see the pipe and he's like no we don't have it and she's like did Bigfoot take it I'm like yes that was hilarious <laughs> also I don't really understand why he didn't have the pipe because like he had the pipe later on because the pipe was the key later because- on yeah, Ian gave it back to him when they were standing outside oh. um, he gave all that stuff back to him okay gotcha Thank you for making yeah. that connection, because I clearly didn't. Yeah, it was part of the trade. Yeah. So he and Riley devise a plan to procure the declaration of the night of a random gala through the preservation room, which I didn't understand. Like, they just found, like, an invitation to this gala, like, in the waiting room of the National Archives. And I was like, what? What? Like, <laughs> why are there invitations to this gala? Just, like, every which place. Like, well, it's I don't- exclusive. Yeah. I think it was necessarily an invitation. I think you're supposed to, like, when he said she went why he was there, and he's like, "Oh, I made a last minute donation." So I think you had to make a donation for it. Ooh, um, donate, but get a ticket. he like snuck in anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh okay, gotcha. Uh, 
Also, I do love when they were at they were at the Library of Congress, I think, and they're going through like all these floor plans and stuff like that. And Ben is like Ben is talking. Riley is basically trying to say it's impossible to steal the Declaration of Independence, as one would assume. And Ben is like, do you know what the preservation room is for? And Riley goes, delicious jams and jellies. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Riley. Fair. Um, I just think that that's funny. Like that. It's it's weird seeing them like film in the Library of Congress. Yeah, but there were like several places that I thought it was like kind of crazy that they were filming in. I don't know. Like there were yeah. And it might not actually have been the Library of Congress, but that's what they told us it was. I can't yeah. tell you. I've never Look, I take been, everything but... at face value. Everything. This is Are you telling me oh, this yeah, isn't exactly. a documentary? I'm like it looks like a library. <laughs> yeah, like this this that looks like a library. Cool. It's a Library of Congress. Whatever. Yeah, it's grand. It's fine. But yeah, this yeah. is a, this is a uh, documentary. Yeah, base. I mean, basically, that's it's kind the of what we've talked about. I mean, it's about they say history, so like it must be true. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Xenon was also a documentary. I forgot to oh mention God. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh dear. Um, so Ben and Riley ensure that the declaration Declaration is in the preservation room by triggering the heat sensors um, on the uh, thing that it's the display case with a laser inside of his video camera. Um, the night of the gala, like, is that what is lasers do? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like depends on the kind of laser. Okay, great. Um, the night of the gala, Ben is able to transfer Abigail's fingerprints from a champagne flute and deduces her password from the gel residue placed on a pin gifted to her that was later left on the keyboard so she had this keyboard that she was typing um the password to get into the preservation room and he had put this like gelatin stuff on a pin that he gave her so it like stayed on her fingers it was very weird and like probably wouldn't have worked in real life i'm gonna assume but whatever um no. so i also thought it was i was had- I watched this that scene and I like wasn't sure what he was like doing when he grabbed that champagne flute by the bottom. I was like, what a weird way to do that, Nicholas Cage. And then like turns out, oh, he did that on purpose so he wouldn't mess anything up. I was like, wow, yeah. I'm dumb. Well, like I didn't realize that he needed her fingerprint, so I'm like, oh, okay, oops. <laughs> uh, but yeah, simultaneously, Ian has a team also working to steal the declaration, but Ben is able to escape in the elevator with the document. Abigail has noticed something is up with Ben and follows him to his van after he exits the gala hastily. Yeah, and um, uh, I like the way that Ian goes about this is definitely like brute force. Like, he's got all the guns oh, yeah, and like, he's got so, all that stuff. Like, they're showing like the juxtaposition between their two like styles for sure. Oh, definitely. And then, like, Ben is just going full, like, stealth mode, like, quiet. Yes. And more successful. Yeah, and I think he's trying to, like, break as few laws as possible. Or, like, he's not trying to hurt. He's trying to, like, hurt as few people as possible. You know, he doesn't want anyone to, like, which is, I feel like, normal. You know, you don't want to, like hurt people when you're trying to do, do you know a job or whatever yeah generally no like generally that's not great yeah i mean ideally but you do what you gotta do um sure. i love that when he gives her the pin and she comes up to him at the gala abigail does so he gives her this um the missing pin in her collection um it's of george washington's campaign pins which I this in a in an article we're going to discuss later about the movie. Um, they God. mention this too, which the first thing I notice when he gives her this pin is like, why is she touching it? This pin is from like two hundred. It's like two hundred years old. You don't touch stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um. You you don't want to get like your finger residues and crap all over it. But also, I didn't realize when, like George Washington had to com- campaign. Yeah, I thought he was just kind of like. Pointed. I thought but, it was like a unanimous like, situation. I don't know. Yeah, like they were just like all cool with that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, that was weird that he had campaign pens. But um, I loved her. Re- I, like she goes up to thank him and she says, I really couldn't accept something like that normally, but I really want it. So I think it's like the best way to, ex- to accept like an overpriced gift. I'm like, oh, yeah, 
I mean, like, I shouldn't take this from you, but, like, I really want it, so, like, I'm going to just go ahead and take it. Yeah. Also, Ben pays for this life-size copy of the Declaration of Independence, $35, which seems, like, insanely expensive. That seems fair, uh, for because a I feel like piece of paper. souvenirs like that are always overpriced. Yeah, but, I mean, it just seems like... It, I, I can't imagine them selling very many of those, but it's like paying with a credit card is such a rookie move. Like, come on, dude, you have to be more stealthy than that. Yeah. But it, I mean, it works out for him. Spoiler. So it's fine. <laughs> but I thought like, what yeah, wasn't kind a rookie of. It probably would have worked out a lot smoother if it didn't. Yeah. But what wasn't a rookie move was like him deciding to do this in the first place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I don't get where that switcheroo happened, like that he actually ended up getting two, because then why didn't you just, I don't know, that was so weird. I didn't get that. But yeah, you know, what do you do? Yeah, they're really trying to fake us out there. Yeah, no, they totally fake us out. But like, they never show that he's taking two either, you know, like all of a sudden now he has two. But it's like, wait, the one that you paid for was like the real declaration, you know, I don't know. It just didn't, that didn't make any sense. I'm like, so where's the other one? You know, like now he has two instead of one, but she only saw him try to take one. So yeah, I don't know. it just didn't make any sense. I was very confused. I was so confused. Very. Um, okay. So Abigail realizes what's going on and takes the declaration back from Ben, but she's kidnapped by Ian casually. Um, so Ben and Riley follow Ian's truck and they're able to save her despite her seemingly having lost the declaration to Ian. However, Ben had switched the real document with a fake one before giving it to her. Smart, smart. Um, and nothing has actually been lost, thankfully. Um, so Ben knows that he can't return to his house since he paid for a souvenir declaration of independence at the gift shop during the gala. So the trio head to Ben's father's house for a place to test the declaration for the map, which like, I feel like his dad's house is definitely like number two place that the cops are going to look. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, like, I know they're, they're going to go to my house. I'm like, well, okay. Then they're definitely you. You know, it's the FBI. They're definitely going to send people to your parents' house. Like that would be a hundred percent where they're going to go. So yeah. He's like, oh, we definitely have a couple hours. I'm like, no, no, I'd say ten minutes. Like, yeah, that's, maybe what, 10 that's minutes exactly tops. what I was thinking too. Like especially if his dad's close by. Um, okay, so there, the old man Grumpy Gills yells at Ben for pursuing the treasure, but they're able to find a list of numbers that coordinate to the silence do-good letters. Yeah, so this weird, like, sexual tension between Ben and Abigail during this scene while they're, like, testing the declaration and, like, blowing their breath on it is so awkward. I, like, it's cannot so take weird. it. Like, they're trying know, to be, like, like, sexy and stuff, and I'm just like... like Nick Cage does not do sexy, like, at no, all. he's not like, it allowed. It just does not work. He's not allowed. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just, like, super awkward and, like, uncomfy. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not comfy. Not comfy at all. Um, okay, so... Yeah, it was not working. Um, the three leave with the declaration and head to Philadelphia, paying an elementary school student to look up the codes they need on the silence do-good letters. I loved um, that. Because, yeah, his dad originally had the original silence do-good letters, but he donated them to a museum in Philadelphia. And the silence do-good letters were... actually donate them. Yeah, like, come on. What is up with these people and donating shit? Like, you can get money for these things. Money. Uh, yeah, considering they ta- he talks about how, like, his dad, his, like, the grandpa had, like, squandered their whole fortune away. So it's like, well, <laughs> you have these original letters, which the Silence Do Good letters do exist in real life. And they are 16 letters that um, Benjamin Franklin wrote as this, as, I, I think it's a, he posed himself as a woman and signed the letters silence do good and he wrote these letters to his brother who uh, um to a newspaper owned by his brother so yeah so silence do good was like benjamin franklin's finsta yeah exactly exactly (laughs) um but the next clue the next clue reads the vision to see the treasured past 
past comes as a, as the timely shadow cross in front of the house of Pass and Stowe. They head to Independence Hall, where Ben finds the next clue, a pair of glasses hidden behind a brick with the Freemason logo. They use the glasses to view the hidden map on the back of the decoration. I feel like that's the first brick that you check. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but the... The um, Independence Hall, for anybody who does not know, is also where the Liberty Bell was originally hung, but it is, they like replaced it, I guess, when it started cracking. So the the actual bell is like inside or across the street or something like that. And they have like a, a replacement up in the bell tower. Note to self, like research why the Liberty Bell is important. Cause right now, like I just don't understand. I mean like, it's just a broken bell. I feel like it's kind of like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of like one of those like Statue of Liberty things. Like it's like, it's just like symbolic maybe. I don't know. About liberty? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a freedom, liberty, one of those things. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to Google it later. I'm opening up a tab. I'm glad you're inspired. Hopefully the people listening to this podcast are inspired to learn about American history as well. Yeah, Sure. Do it. <laughs> okay. Um, is it my turn or is it your turn? Your turn. Yours. Turn? Okay. So they see that Ian and his cronies, I love the word cronies because it reminds me of a cronut, um, are also at Independence <laughs> Hall and they decide to separate the glasses from the decoration. They're all pursued by members of Ian's goon squad. <laughs> love goon squad. Wow. Um, and eventually they lose the declaration to him. Ben tells them to meet him at the car, but he's arrested by FBI agent Sadusky, who has been on his tail since the gala. While he's being interrogated, Ian calls Ben to set up a meeting in New York City between the two to view the declaration with the glasses arranged by Riley and Abigail. At the meeting, Ian helps Ben escape from FBI custody to New Jersey. Wow, what a what an what an escape. Yeah, that was actually cool. Escape. I, I, oh yeah, it was yeah, awesome. he just like jumped off of a bridge and then like had scuba deer, gear, I guess, so he was able to like swim away. Yeah, they gave him like a one of those like I guess the scuba diver like shared his air like this like like underwater torpedo thing that like shot them across the water I don't know yeah, it was really cool they had that too it was I don't know Very it, well was the, it was exhilarating it was exciting I did love the um, in the FBI one of like his, one of the other FBI agents was in the helicopter and Sadusky was like do you do you see him in the water do you see him in the water and she's like sir it's the Hudson that you can't see anything like no yeah. are you kidding me it, and like you're like looking down it's just like brown green water it's so gross gross definition of murky yeah she's like no are you kidding me yeah. So Riley and Abigail have promised Ian that they would give him the treasure if he helped them, but Ben attempts to deceive him by only giving him part of the answer to the next clue. Ooh, sneaky. Ian is onto him and has kidnapped his dad to use his leverage to force Ben to fully participate in leading him to the treasure. Like, Ian, like, gestures to one of his cronies and he, like, opens up the car door and there's Ben's dad and you're like... <gasps> But, like, also, Benson is, like, so shitty. Like, he just, like, sucks the whole movie. He literally just is, like, <laughs> the biggest fun sucker. And he just is, like, pissy about everything. Like, I'd be like, ooh, you got me. Take him. Like, I don't want him anymore. He sucks. He's mean. Like, <laughs> Yeah, except he really, uh, he really ships Ben and Abigail. Yeah, but he also, like, makes every situation worse. Like, even with, like, Ian and stuff, he's like, what if I lied? And it's like, shut the fuck up, you idiot. Like, why would you say that? <laughs> like you're in a hostage situation you're like but what if I lied to you like are you kidding me yeah that's just dumb yeah he's not he's not the best in social situations I would say you could say he ain't the sharpest tool in the shed no definitely not definitely not both Ian, Ben and their entourages enter Trinity Church at the corner of Wall Street and Broadway where they discover a creepy tunnel inside a tomb that leads beneath the church. The tunnel opens into a giant cavern lined with stairs and an elevator system. They begin descending the stairs and the rotted wood collapse, uh, collapses and one of Ian's men falls to his death. Ben and Abigail both almost fall as well, but are able to save 
both themselves and the declaration. Once at the bottom of the elevator shaft, they seem to come to a dead end. Ian leaves uh, leaves them alone after Ben and his dad give him a fake clue about Boston and Paul Revere. Um, they are able to open a door to another room, which appears to have once been full of treasure, but since but has since been raided. Ben is disappointed, but his dad tells him that it isn't Ben who is wrong, it's him. Because the existence of the room means that the treasure actually existed and is real. Um, so I that's hate, great. I hate but, it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh my god, really? Now he's going to be sentimental? Um, yeah. Um, I don't really, I have, I, I just, I'm confused. Um, because I, I think I said earlier that, like, this was below Pennsylvania. It's not. It's below New York City. How'd they get down yeah. that far? Like, I thought New York City was built on, like, marshlands. Like, how, what? Yeah. I don't know, because this, but this church is, like, an original church, I think. So, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. How did, like, they, uh, how did they not, like, run into this when they were, like, building the subway or something? Like, I just yeah, I don't get that's, it. Yeah, that's. But I guess because when they're building the subway, they don't go. They might not. I don't know. I have no. Yeah, that's. It's a very strange thing. I don't get how they did this tunnel so deep and like how no one has ever come to contact. Like, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, it's also a little bit overkill. Like, it just seems like a really deep tunnel to dig when they, like, they don't think, like, oh, they're going to have subways in the future. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and then he, they make it seem like it's this, like, never-ending pit. And then they when he comes up, he's like, oh, yeah, the treasure's five stories down. I'm like, wait, did they just dig this, like, giant hole? Like, like what? Okay, so my question was, like, if this... So they almost lose the, decora- the declaration. Like, they almost drop it. And if it's in this, like, tube thing, this, like, protective case tube thing that they run around with that has, like, a backpack strap on it, um, wouldn't they be able to, like, just find it at the bottom if they dropped it? Like, I wouldn't, like... I don't know if they thought there was die. a bottom. That's weird, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. does this hole just, like, go to the middle of the world? the earth like what and china and then the like um this guy who dies like they never like come to his body like they didn't find it it at all i don't know yeah yeah it was that was weird but also i do enjoy (laughs) when they're just going in they like open this cavern like opens up um one of the cronies says how do a bunch of guys with hand tools build all this and and then Ben, in like his like own sophisticated way, he says, "Same way they built the pyramids and the Great Wall of China." And then Riley in the back is like, "Yeah, the aliens helped them." I'm like, "Yes, he is so in on these conspiracy theories." Like, honestly, oh, if you're on this treasure hunt, you 100% believe that the aliens built the pyramids. So, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So, following their heartfelt moment cute they redirect their attention toward finding a way out of the cavern ben finds a hole in the wall that fits the pipe perfectly from the charlotte he unlocks a door to a third chamber that's completely full of priceless artifacts and world history dating back to ancient egypt they find the exit and ben calls the agent sadusky to help to let them know that he found the treasure and would like to not to go to prison same um, because someone must go to prison, Ben insists the FBI in apprehending Ian in Boston. In the end, Ben and Riley split a 1% finder's fee of the treasure, and Abigail and Ben move into a historical estate together. I don't understand the whole, like, Ian going to jail and, like, Ben getting off scot-free. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like... You can, yeah, it really doesn't make sense. But, like, I guess to leverage that treasure, they have to, like, and, like, I guess for media and stuff, too, they have to spin it in kind of a positive way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it is kind of weird. But, yeah, because they weird. did all the same things. I guess There's a because few Ben, like, here. yeah, for sure. I guess because Ben, like, returns, like, he's, like, here is all this stuff. Like, it doesn't right your wrongs, but I think definitely there's, like, the FBI, like, doesn't necessarily have to press charges if nobody knows about it kind of thing. 
That's true. And they probably wanted to keep it a secret that like the Declaration of Independence was stolen. Exactly. Like it almost like looks better for them to like not because they their names are going to be in the news and stuff with like the finding of this giant treasure so then to like add on top of it like oh yeah by the way they also stole the declaration of independence like would be very bad oh the declaration of independence was the key to them finding this giant treasure that's just gonna encourages other people people stealing other shit yeah completely yeah Yeah. i I just think it's it seems a lot better to not send them to jail yeah okay all right. Um, so, any overall thoughts or comments? Oh, what? Um, do we want to talk about the article first? Or, I mean, I don't oh, yeah, really no, have okay. any, if you're asking. Yeah, I don't really have any overall comments. So, sorry, I just burped. Um, what That's the fine. movie got right? So, this is a Bustle article um, from 2014 by Martha Soren. Um it's pretty interesting. I liked it. So basically it kind of like goes through a few of these like bigger things that um, they kind of make this like big deal in the movie and whether or not that there is um, any truth to them. So first they address whether the founding fathers were Masons, were Freemasons. And that actually is true. Um, George Washington was, and uh, Charles Carroll was not actually a Mason, but um, he, the only reason, the reason, okay, so in the movie, he's the Mason who supposedly held the last clue to the treasure, but he was Catholic, and Catholics are not permitted to join the Freemasons. So that's kind of like a, they did get right that he was the last living signatory of the Declaration of Independence, but he was not actually a Freemason. Um, another question that most that I definitely had is: there really a Lost Templars treasure? And maybe there are rumors that eighteen Templar ships went missing that contained a huge amount of treasure, wealth, etc. But it's a rumor. Um, kind of just no one really knows Hmm. Um, this is interesting and this is like the question of was there really a ship called the charlotte and there actually was and it was lost off the coast of newfoundland in november of 1818 and was never found it was a british ship yeah and in the movie they find it in the arctic circle which encompasses portions of newfoundland so like it kind of seems relatively right like that could totally be a thing yeah, they did a little bit of fact-checking. Yeah, like, I, th- I don't think you could totally just, like, throw shit at the wall. I mean, I guess you could, but, like, they wouldn't respect it as much. And I think, was this... Yeah. This wasn't... Was this a Disney movie? Yeah, I think this was a Disney yeah. movie also. So, I mean, they kind of, like, they have a reputation to uphold, I guess you could say. Hmm. Um, the... Um, would Riley have been allowed to set off the heat sensors with his camera um, for the declaration? And basically what they found was maybe he could have in 2004, but in 2010, the National Archives banned taking photos and videos because the light from the flash could damage the documents. So yeah, but he, he wouldn't wasn't be allowed to have his camera in the first place. Yeah, but I don't think they... Video they yeah, but uh, they banned videos and photos, so I don't think okay. you would. I don't think you would probably be even allowed to bring a video camera in like that. Also, those Touch cameras me in there with don't my exist iPhone, anymore. Buddy. Yeah, true, but yeah, because like I feel like there's probably some kind of app that you could like shoot a laser out of your iPhone. To be completely honest, at this point, in, you know, I don't think that's the a world. thing. But I but, like, think you would I feel have like to like carry rig your iPhone. You'd have yeah. to like put a laser on there. But, and also, one of, another question was, is there a hidden tunnel underneath Trinity Church? And basically, New York's underground uh, has been landscaped within an inch of its life to install the subway system. So if such a tunnel full of treasure actually existed, it would have been found by the subway yeah. tunnel crews. Obviously. Which is kind of like, another one yeah. Of, this is also addressed another one of your concerns about them actually selling life-size copies of the Declaration of Independence. And these days, they actually only run for $9.95, so not $35. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I assume it 
didn't go down, but like, it's just funny that they're like, chose $35, you know, like, yeah. just seems like an outlandish price, but maybe they like jack up the prices for galas or something like that. Yeah, Cause they know these people have money. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's possible. Um, yeah. What an article, you know, just really interesting. I strongly recommend that you go back and read that if you're interested. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure there's other um, other articles like that out there. I didn't like super deep dive into that one but, or into other ones, but I thought this one was really interesting. And I'm glad somebody decided to do that kind of research for me. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that someone else did it for us because we never would have. That would have been so time consuming. And like, it's someone's job to do that kind of research. So Yeah, it's it's her full-time job. So For sure. At Bustle. <laughs> yeah. What a great life. Um, so what 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 rating do you give? Uh, well, my Treasure? character to keep an eye on, on oh, for sorry, sure is Riley. Like, I think of that's, course. like, pretty much, like, there's there's no other option. Yeah, that's that's mine as well. Yeah, I needed that to be, like, out there in the universe. Um, um, my rating, I, I, like, I kind of, I really liked it. I'm going to say four. Okay. I was thinking a 3.5 but I'm gonna knock it down half a point because it was too long so three Ding. Uh, wow oh, okay so overall score of 3.5 yeah that's fine I don't know that seems accurate to me I don't know I feel like it was better than that but I mean I digress what, what can you do okay wouldn't be the first time yeah I mean <laughs> Okay, so I think that's it, right? I think that's all for well, what this are one. we doing next week? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I don't know either. Let me know if you come up with any ideas. <laughs> Great, we'll do. <laughs> so as we said a little bit earlier, um, we would love it if you would visit our website to learn anything you need to know about the podcast. That's tbtamp.com. You can also visit our Redbubble store from there. You can buy any kind of merch uh you would like and support our show financially because charity starts at home and if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, just scroll to the bottom and give us five stars it's really that easy and leave us a review um also talk about the podcast tell people um about us because we know you love us because you're listening to us so you need to like share the words spread the word people um and if you have anything you want to comment about the show, you can email us at tbtamp at gmail.com or you can slide into our Instagram DMs at tbtamp. You can follow me on my personal Instagram and Twitter at Mac is cheesy. That's M-A-C-K is cheesy. And I'm Olivia, by the way. And you can follow Miranda at... <laughs> you can find me at Miranda Johnson, M-A-R-A-N-D-A-J-O-H-N-Z-O-N. See you on Tuesday. Tuesday.